Hey everybody, welcome to episode 24 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. I'm Austin Ivey and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy and we're both going to school here in the state of Utah to be licensed marriage and family therapists. And today we're going to be talking about acceptance and commitment therapy, part two as a follow-up to our previous episode about how to implement into your life. We're going to talk about some cognitive diffusion exercises and some other things to start implementing acceptance and commitment therapy into your life today. So let's get into it. Let's do it. What about therapy? All right. So welcome to part two here on, I guess, about acceptance and commitment therapy. As you can see, we have a different, uh, different look than last time. Uh, we're just kind of, again, like we said in that first episode, that's on YouTube anyway, that we're just kind of experimenting with... Again, the audio uh, with, you know, the this aesthetics, the way everything looks. And this may be the breadwinner. And we're this just may gonna, be the one. Yeah, we're going to make it, you know, slowly, slowly perfect it as we go on. So please be patient with us. And again, if you're listening to this on the podcast, like most of you are, this is also on YouTube. And so if you want video, if you like to watch the podcasts, I know a lot of people do. I know I do when I have the time. I love to just be playing the video while I'm, you know, cleaning the house and stuff and occasionally look at the look at the video. Yeah. And kind of watch it. Makes it a bit more real and intimate, I guess. It's kind of annoying when you're like listening to an audio only and then they start there's some obviously something visual going on in the podcast yeah. and then you can't see it because you're on Spotify. And I li- I listen to most everything on Spotify and so sometimes I'll like open it up in YouTube just to see that. So we're on YouTube if you want to see that cuz we're probably going to get more and more visual with the things that we're doing anyways because we want to focus more on YouTube because we want you to see our beautiful faces. So Exactly. Uh, why because would you want to miss out on this? I mean, uploading to the podcast platforms are really simple and really easy, so we're probably going to be doing more stuff on YouTube in the future, but it's still going to be on the podcast, if always. that makes sense. It's always going to be on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast from, so yeah, not to fear. Yeah, wherever you listen. And uh, anyways... Yeah, let's get into it. You can see uh, little Zuko here. He wanted so badly just to jump up here and sit on the couch. So that's what he's going to be doing. He's being a good boy. Yeah. So if anything, you can go on YouTube and just look at uh, look, look at the at little Zuko. guy. I mean, he's you can't see his head. But yeah, he's, <laughs> he's our clickbait. Okay, anyways, take us away, Austin. Austin knows a lot more, I'd say, about acceptance and commitment therapy than I do right now. He has already finished the training course as... As you all know, I mean, he's certified in it, so... As you heard in the intro. He's official. (laughs) Official to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, so he's kind of going to probably, I mean, lead this discussion. And that's what we want this episode really to be, is a discussion in between Austin and I, but also do our best to involve you as the viewer or the listener. Yeah, you know, just hear us rambling and having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, um... One thing we didn't really talk much about last time is what the acceptance part is of acceptance and commitment therapy. So that's something right. we really wanted to focus on today it's as we get started. Part. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole name too. So <laughs> it's silly that we, um, I guess, omitted it last time, but we're definitely going to talk about it today. So to you, what is acceptance and acceptance and commitment therapy? Yeah, so when, when we, at least when I have read these books um, about acceptance and commitment therapy, a lot of the times they don't talk about exactly what that means. And so for the longest time, I was like, I mean, I don't even know. It's pretty cool. You know, it sounds, it sounds cool. It's got a good ring to it. 
But the acceptance part in acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT is simply accepting your thoughts, accepting what happens in your life as it is, and you're not trying to change it. Because a lot of the times when we focus on a specific thing or a specific thought, that is when it really tends to get worse Mm. for the most part. Like, for example, there have been studies done where there are schools that have these anti-bullying systems set up and they talk about bullying a lot, like, you know, we don't need to bully in this school or whatever. Those schools have higher rates of bullying, which I think is really interesting. That's ironic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's because the more they talk about it, simply the more it happens. And, you know, that may not be with everything, but for bullying and for your thoughts in this example, that's what happens is if you focus on the thought then that thought is all you're going to think about and it's all going to keep coming to your mind when you try to get rid of it and when you try and uh, fight against it. And so to accept it, it that really, that's the first step in taking away its power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not trying to change it or run from it or avoid it or numb it. Really, like a lot of the things that people get taught almost inadvertently, in, especially in like Western culture, culture and American culture, numbing pain it's like we almost think that as a culture that pain and negative feelings are a sign of weakness and that you're broken and so we try to avoid it or run from it there's a lot of different medications like i mean even the name of anti-anxiety anti-depression medications it's the opposite of feeling those things i don't know if that makes right. sense but yeah. um our culture has become avoiding negative feelings and thoughts and emotions um and running from them and like Enoch was saying, the acceptance in, the acceptance in acceptance and commitment therapy is that you don't try to change your thoughts, you don't try to run from them or hide from them, you accept, from, accept them for what they are, and then live your value-based life in the way that you want to live it, regardless and in conjunction with those feelings and emotions and invite them along with you. We talked a lot about last time about like, some skills like putting things in your back pocket inviting it to come along with you and one really good metaphor that um stephen hayes the writer of well the creator of acceptance and commitment therapy the yeah. writer of the book the liberated mind the myth the legend yeah the the founder of all these things that we're talking about today um his metaphor for acceptance to give a if you're a very visual learner like i am this helped me understand what it looks like and what it means in your mind like what you need to do he calls it dropping the rope and the best way to describe it is to imagine like your mental struggles as a monster or some type of evil character in a movie or a book. Imagine all your mental struggles as that scary monster. And now imagine you are in a fight with them in a game of tug of war. So that scary monster or demon, whatever it is, is the representation of all your problems. And your daily struggle with them, like your anxiety and your depression, is like a game of tug of war with them. And when we willingly engage with the negative thoughts and emotions, that monster, we are acting as if we're trying to win over it. We talked a lot about that last time with the chess pieces on the mm-hmm. uh, on the chessboard. We try to combat the negative thoughts with positive thoughts. The white pieces on the chessboard knock down the black pieces on the pieces on the chessboard, but it's a never-ending struggle. The black the black chess pieces are always going to be there, and the monster is always going to be there. 
So we engage in this fight as if we're going to win, but we can never win. And when we try to avoid it, or even engaging in the war, that makes the monster more powerful. It kind of goes back to the thing with bullying. When you, when you say you're not going to think about um, this anxiety-inducing thought, or you're going to avoid this thought, or that you're going to win in a battle against this negative thought, that gives power to that thought, and mm-hmm. it gives it a place on the stage. Right. That's probably the best way to think about it, is when you are engaging with it like that, you're allowing it to have a portion of your thought process and allowing it to take over your life in a way. And that's where ruminations really come in a big place too. When you engage with those negative thoughts, most people just end in, end up in a spot where they're ruminating, which is if you don't know what that is, it's basically just unhealthy um, thought patterns where you're just constantly thinking about the same thing over and over again, like the stupid thing you said or did with a coworker today at work. Like you said something silly that embarrassed you. And so later on in the evening, you keep thinking about it over and over again. And so those ruminations is like the struggle with the monster. And so that tug of war goes on all day, every day, for a lot of people, myself including. And the acceptance, and acceptance and commitment therapy would mean that you just drop the rope. Not give up, like you might think. It's dropping the rope and saying, I'm not going to fight this war anymore. I'm not going to engage in this game of tug of war, which really is just a game. <laughs> if At the end of the day, it's not going to kill you. It does real harm, but it's never going to kill you, and it's not going to take away anything from you, even though it might feel like it. All you're doing is saying, I'm not going to play anymore. The monster is still going to be there, and that's part of it, too, is accepting the fact that monster is always going to be there in your life. But the acceptance is letting go of the struggle and allowing those feelings to exist and continuing to continuing to live your life in a way that you want to live it while that monster kind of walk side by side with you the whole way yeah and i think that's that's very powerful because when i think um our thoughts where is i going with this when so when we have issues and when we struggle with things like depression anxiety panic attacks all these things a lot of the times especially in things like addiction our brain thinks it's going to die like it, it thinks it's, it's done for. And so it mm-hmm. puts off all these red lights to get our attention and say, Hey, you know, I need help. Give me like whatever you're like addicted to, whether that be, you know, drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever your brain says, give me this so I can live. Cause I am on the verge of death. And so that's why you feel anxiety. That's why you get panic attacks. You think you're going to like die. If you go into this party, when you you know, have social anxiety and you don't want to talk to anyone your brain's like whoa man like whoo don't do that because you're gonna die mm-hmm. and when you realize that your thoughts those are just thoughts that's all they are they're just if you've listened to the monday mindfulness and meditation that by the way i totally spaced today so i'm, I'm sorry about that i'll you know eventually Next it'll week. come out try again <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll try again but if you th- remember, and this is something we're going to talk about um, a bit more in this episode as well, is talking about your your mind is the sky and your thoughts are the clouds. Or when we talked about thought station, you know, going to a train station and just watching the trains, your thoughts pass by, they're not going to kill you. You won't die if you know you don't get on that train or you don't reel in that cloud. You're not going to die. And realizing that you're not going to die and realizing that these are just thoughts, they're not going to hurt you. 
just that in and of itself takes the power away mm. from those negative thoughts and those negative those negative issues that you deal with like anxiety depression or you know addiction those kinds of things yeah it's it uh it gives it, it's like a power shift it, it shifts mm -hmm. the power from the anxiety back to you your exactly. mind back to you like the unconscious self versus the conscious self you get to use your agency as a human being to take control of your life when you drop the rope so that's the first that's like really what acceptance and commitment therapy is built around is that that metaphor of dropping the rope is being able to let go of it to invite it with you and to live your life anyways and so that's what we mean in the acceptance part of acceptance and commitment therapy and that is not always an easy thing and so the next thing we really want to talk about are some exercises to be able to do that how can you get to the point where you can drop the rope and recognize the monster for what it is rather than a monster it's just thoughts because a lot of time that thoughts and negative feelings and emotions for people it, it really is a monster to them and right. the idea of going to a social situation which i can relate to i i hate groups larger than like 10 people i it really does feel like you're going to die i can relate to that and i've tried to implement these exercises that we're going to be talking about and they really have helped me it's called cognitive diffusion what we're going to be talking about it helps you get a little bit of context on the situation and understand it for what it really is because those thoughts and emotions are just thoughts and emotions they're not lions lurking around the corner that are going to kill you they're really just thoughts and we say that's like really what it comes down to is recognizing thoughts for what they are so cognitive diffusion we said that um, I guess I said that um, the definition of it that I've gathered from a few different sources is the creating a space between you and your thoughts recognizing that's two different entities within the same being that your thoughts are different from you as a person and that thoughts a lot of the times are uncontrollable talk about that um what is it um, inappropriate thought syndrome like mm -hmm. that we just have thoughts coming through our head all the times weird inappropriate that's like our dreams how crazy our dreams can be sometimes yeah. you can't control your dreams i guess you can but um to a certain extent but like, like for example austin and i for um my wife and i we have our birthdays are one day apart and so we celebrate our birthdays together with austin and his wife emily and we went to Lagoon, which is a, a little amusement park here in Utah. And we are at the top of a slide, like a big water slide. And I was like, what would happen if I jumped off right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then Austin and I are like, wait a minute, that's inappropriate <laughs> that's, thought that's, syndrome. Yeah, that's funny. Dude. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we all have them. And even, you know, if you're driving in a car with a bunch of people on the freeway, like, what if... I simply turn my steering wheel onto um, oncoming traffic and hit a semi head on. All these people would die. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, maybe it's just me. In fact, I know it's not just me. I know I, we all... I can... Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> we all have yeah. crazy thoughts Weird like thoughts. that. Especially when it comes to... I mean, I don't have any kids yet, but I know I've heard a lot of stories of... And read a lot of stories about, you know, new new parents with these babies and they just won't stop crying. They have the inappropriate thought syndrome where they just want to literally throw the baby or there was this story it's in i think feeling great right there by david burns he talks about how this dad wanted to throw his newborn like off a two-story building and he didn't that was just a thought that came to his mind and it would keep coming to his mind and that's why i mean he went to david for for some help. For some therapy. Dr. Burns. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that just highlights how weird our thoughts can be sometimes. Yeah. And for people who are predisposed to anxiety disorders, or if you have 
some type of anxiety disorder, your brain's just going to fill you with these random thoughts, all based off of your past traumas and your lived experience and your DNA and your biological makeup. All these things are going to create these weird, inappropriate thoughts that you can't control, mainly based off of the traumas that you've experienced in your life. And the brain doesn't have a delete button, so it's going to continually tell you things that it thinks is doing you a favor. Your brain thinks it's doing you a favor by pushing these thoughts a lot like for like anxiety induced thoughts, I should say, not those mm -hmm. weird like drive into oncoming traffic. Yeah. That's not a helpful thought. Those are just random electrical impulses mm -hmm. in our brain just that happens. get turned into thoughts. But for those yeah. random anxiety induced thoughts of like, what if this person is watching me? Or what if I did this? Everyone looked at me, what would happen? Those ruminations that just aren't helpful. The um, cognitive diffusion is to create space between you and those thoughts. It's detangling from the stories and warnings that your brain is trying to tell you and noticing them rather than engaging with them. Rem remember the, the drop the rope. Rather than playing the tug of war, looking across the, the mud pit or whatever at the monster and recognizing that is an anxious thought. I'm noticing that that is an anxious thought and it is just a thought, it's not reality. And sometimes it might even be reality, but if that reality is not helpful, that's another thing you have to diffuse from. And so that's what we mean by when we're going to be saying cognitive diffusion a lot in the next little bit, that's what we mean by that. Creating separation between you and your thoughts and recognizing them for what they are. Kind of really seeing things as they really are, not what your brain perceives them to be. Yeah, as like the, the trying to keep you alive forever. Like yeah. it's, it's seeing everything through the, through the filter of it thinks you're going to live forever. And it's, it's going to do everything you can, or do everything it can to make that happen. And that yeah. is going to mean doing some crazy, weird thoughts that it's think is helpful, that it thinks is helpful. Yeah. And so to be able to get that context and get that separation, we have some really great uh, exercises for that. And so a lot of these come from this idea of Stephen, from Stephen Hayes, the creator of acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, he has this idea of the self as context. And it's the concept that people are not the content of their thoughts and feelings, but rather the consciousness, consciousness, consciousness. experiencing said thoughts and feelings. So you're, you are not your thoughts and feelings. You're just experiencing those thoughts and feelings. So these exercises help create yourself in a better context. And the first one is one that we've talked about a little bit. It's called the observing self, which is the clouds in the sky. Um, the best way to like, if, if you're listening to this or watching it, don't do it if you're driving, but close your eyes and imagine yourself on like a grassy hill, a place that you have been to or that you can at least imagine as a place where you can go and sit and relax on a, on a blanket and look up at the sky and look at the clouds go by. And so one exercise that you could implement into your life, if you're someone who ruminates or has a lot of anxious thoughts, you can picture yourself, like take a moment to picture yourself on a nice grassy area, looking up at the sky at these clouds and the clouds could be in the shape of words that are repeating over and over again or like an image that keeps repeating in your mind of something that you did was kind of embarrassing or something that you said was kind of embarrassing. Just picture those thoughts or those phrases or those scenes as little clouds in the sky. And the, why that's so powerful is because you can't do anything to change clouds, just like you can't do anything to change thoughts. So recognizing your thoughts as clouds in the sky, you're like Enoch said before, your mind is the sky and your thoughts are the clouds mind's always going to be there and you can't always control what's there the what makes its way in the, again the inappropriate thoughts the anxious thoughts that come in based off of your traumas and your past history 
you're not always going to be able to control when they come in, but you can always observe them and watch them from a safe distance and recognize them for what they are. And so that's a really powerful one that you can implement at any time, anywhere. Even if you're driving, you can just kind of imagine your thoughts is even as cars driving by. Um, like if a car passes you, just to kind of imagine that car as one of your negative feelings, just driving on by, making its appearance into your life. And that will just help you get a little bit of context of yourself. Again, the idea of observing yourself in context of what they are. And it just, it just helps you detangle from your thoughts a little bit. And that's a, that's a really powerful exercise that I've implemented into my life a little bit. And it's helped me a lot. Yeah, and I think what's important here is when you are observing your thoughts, there's no need to label them or mm. to judge them. Like just, just sit there and just watch them. You don't have to say, oh my gosh, that's a bad thought. Like, no, it's not. It's just a thought. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. And remember, it's not going to hurt you. You're not going to die. You're okay. You're right here. You're right now. You're alive. You're breathing. That's why I love to bring my focus onto my breath, especially if I have like anxiety or having a little panic attack or whatever. I bring my attention to my breath and realize that, okay, I'm alive. I'm here. I'm breathing. It's okay. You know, these thoughts that I'm having are just thoughts. They're not bad. They're not good. They're just thoughts. And it's when you try to change them and think about them over and over again, that's when they start to get dangerous. And that's when they start to get harmful to you is, like Austin was saying, when you ruminate on them, mm -hmm. when you just sit there and always think about it in a, it's a brutal cycle to be into. And so... Just realizing that you can't change it, accept it, and acceptance and commitment therapy, accept it, accept the cloud as it is, and let it pass by. Because it will pass by. It's mm -hmm. not going to stay there forever. Yeah, our minds, in like, our minds are just like the weather. It's always going to be constantly shifting, and you could have a mind that is more like Seattle, where it rains a lot, and yeah. it's a little bit more cloudy, or you could have a mind that's a little bit more like Florida. I lived in Florida for a year, and I know more than probably more than anyone that lives in Utah or anyone else that Florida, it's called the sunshine state, but it also has a lot of rainy days. And there's some days where it rains crazy hard for like a, like an hour and then it just stops. And that's how some people are too, where you have a really sunshiny mind most of the time. Mm -hmm. And then every now and then this crazy storm comes in and just knocks you for a loop and floods your house or whatever like that. That's kind of how I am. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's almost uncontrollable and it's just, yeah. it's overwhelming, but that's just how your brain is. So that's another good way to look at it too, is your, everyone's brain is so different. Everyone's mind is so different. It's like the different climates, even from, like if you're from Utah, how different the climate is in Pleasant Grove, how it is and how different it is even just going to like Nephi or um, St. George, or Saint George completely and different, it's like the, they're a different state. Yeah. The weather patterns are so different and that's how yeah. it is from person to person and yeah, even exactly. from day to day for a person, things just change so easily. And so just giving yourself a little bit of grace and understanding that your mind is like the weather and you can't control it. You just have to accept it for what it is. So that's, that's exercise number one. It's really powerful and you can do it at any time. And the next one is really more of a metaphor than it is an exercise, but it's a really good way to get context of the situation and a better idea of what your thoughts are like. It's called the playground bully metaphor. And it's really simply just recognizing your negative thoughts as like a bully, especially if you have very self-destructive, self-loathing, self-criticizing thoughts. If you have a low, really low self-esteem, this might be a good metaphor to you think for you to think about. Um, I guess more than a bully, it's like a child bully, like a, like an 11 year old little boy who has like anger issues. That's what your, 
That was negative. Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your your negative thoughts are like. It's just like a child bully who's just just acting. It's like really impulsive and doesn't have control over its emotions yet. It's that's how your emotions are. They're a kid with no control. Yeah. And so the good way to look at it is you're an, if you are an adult or like um, if you're listening to this I'm assuming you're probably a little bit older than an 11-year-old bully. Um picture yourself as an adult in this situation if you even if you are an adult and if your thoughts are the bully, like a little child bully, are you going to let that child bully you or are you going to take charge of the situation and let that kid do its thing and throw its tantrums and you're going to do adult things in an adult way and just live your life. So that's a state. It's a good way to, um, to, to get context of what your negative thoughts are like and recognize that they're not the, the scary monster that their hearts more like a, a, a childhood bully that you're in a tug of war with. And are you really going to engage with this little child, this impulsive child, or are you going to move on with your life and accept it? for what it is and not avoid it. Again, that's so important to not like, we have to badger that a little bit that it's not pretending that it's not there or um, ignoring it, it's accepting it, which is not trying to change it. But that's just repeating on the same thing. I just, uh, that's one thing that was important for me to understand. But are, are you in charge or is the bully in charge? That's really the end of that metaphor is, are you gonna take charge of your situation? Yeah, so. and I, th I think that one also puts a sense of humor to it. Yeah. Or I mean, I don't know. It depends on the kind of bully that you like to imagine. But I like to imagine the kid from uh, from Up. What's his name? Oh, or, uh, it's not Carl. Carl's the bird. That's Kevin, isn't Kevin. it? Carl's the old man. Sorry. Kevin's <laughs> the bird. And then it's uh, Russell. Russell. I think his name is Russell. So I picture a kid like Russell in his <laughs> like Boy Scout uniform <laughs> coming up to me, you know, as I am now and trying to bully me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> Like, you know, what, what's up, man? What are you doing? And just kind of, you know, let him do his thing and just kind of, you know, he'll go off and bully someone else. <laughs> he'll just, uh, he'll go on, he'll start like burning ants with a magnifying glass, like what kids do. And yeah. I'm just imagining it as a little kid and they're going to do kid things and that might involve punching you or yelling at you, screaming at yeah. you, and then they're going to move on. Like Enix said, that's, yep. that's a good way to look at it. Um. So yeah, are you in charge or is that little kid in charge? Are you really going to let a little kid boss you around? And uh, are you going to just accept them from as the little kid they are and keep living? And I mean, a lot of the times, you know, my, through my experience, I've been bullied a lot by the little child. <laughs> and I've been like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, what can I do? What can I do better? I'm, I'm so sorry. And that's when I would start to, you know, have a lot of negative self-talk and all that. But realize, hey, number one, the bully's not real. Number two, it's Russell <laughs> from Up. <laughs> from, from Up. If you don't, if you haven't seen that movie, highly recommend it. Just Google oh, yeah. Russell from Up, and you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's Russell, okay? And you can just say, you know, pat him on the head, say shoo shoo, and he's there. He'll go off and do his thing eventually, and it's okay. He's not gonna hurt you. It's Russell. Come on now. He couldn't. I don't think he could hurt an ant if he tried. You know, <laughs> Russell, he's a good guy. He just has, he just, he's in a mood. <laughs> and that, that, that highlights a good thing there, like with the clouds and with that one. Um, negative thoughts and emotions, even if they do, like some storms last a long time. Like they last a few days. Like in Utah, we've been getting some crazy snor snowstorms that last a few days. And you might be going through a time in your life where the negative emotions and bad mental health you're going through 
it might last a little bit. But as soon as you accept it for what it is, it typically the weather gets better a lot quicker if you can accept it. Because it just goes away. If you're focusing on the weather, then it's going to last forever. It's like the watch pot never boils thing. Like if you're always focusing on the weather, then it's, it's you're always going to notice how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And so if you're always looking at the um the Russell that's running around kicking things and screaming then that's all that's all your life is going to be and so those thoughts and those feelings they they come and go so quickly they're so transient and so if you're always focusing on them and you're always looking at the clouds and spending so much time in your head it you're going to waste a lot of time and it, you're going to you're going to notice it a lot more than you should so l- allowing yourself to pat it on the head and just let it go is really going to help you a lot in your life and um, so, yeah, I think one thing that's important to note here is that we're not saying if you struggle with anxiety or depression or whatever it is you're struggling with, we're not saying just accept it and get over it. Yeah, because that's you know not the way to do things. It's not it's not OK to say, oh, you know, it'll be fine. Like everything's OK. Get over it. Yeah, because that's it doesn't feel that way. Right. Especially if you're in the middle of a really hard time right now, it doesn't feel like it's going to be okay. And so when someone says, oh, hey, it'll be okay. Let's get over like, it. <laughs> you know, they mean well, obviously, but that's not very helpful, you know, because it feels like your brain saying, I'm going to die. And that's the way that you can feel at that time. So when someone says it's going to be okay, it can be kind of triggering saying that you have no idea what I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. And so we're not saying that just accept it and it'll go away. You know, this is simply a first step that you can start to make in your healing process. We're not just saying accept it and then, you know, you don't have to go to therapy or you don't have to uh, get professional help. This is just simply a little step that you can take and even just noticing it and starting to observe your thoughts. Like, yes, your thoughts can really be hurtful and physically weigh you down, physically Mm -hmm. make you ill, uh, just at least start to recognize it and start to accept them as they are. We're not saying it's going to fix everything, but that is the first step. It really is. Even if it feels like you're taking a step backwards when you, you know, you don't, you're, you're stopping, I guess, because a lot of people try to avoid it. A lot of people try and just stop thinking about it or to, you know, stuff it under a rug. And that's not, helpful at all that's more hurtful than anything and so just accept it as it is and that can be really hard especially if it's something you've struggled with for a long time it can be really hard to just accept that that's a part of your life that's a part of who you are as an individual that can be hard but it's necessary in the steps for change to accept it and say you know that's it's part of who i am this is what i'm going through right now and I, I can do this, even though it may be hard in the moment. Yeah, it's, it's really about, um, like we said before, it's creating space between you and your problems. Yeah. Allowing yourself to experience those problems um, full, like full-heartedly and with all your attention to it. But at the same time, like bring it alongside with you like a balloon in your hand or like a card in your back pocket. It's not just getting over it. It's it's bringing it with you, and it's exercises and um, I guess I don't know like skills to 
to help you over overcome those thoughts and emotions so they aren't debilitating. And yeah. so you can bring them along with you. It's not getting over it. It's bringing it with you. It's seeing it for what it truly is rather than trying to hide from the severity of it, I guess. It's, yeah. Yeah. And that, that takes practice. That's exactly why there are these mindfulness practices to do because it mm-hmm. can be a really hard thing to have a panic attack and say, Oh, I'm just going to bring it along with me, (laughs) you know, like, but that's possible. That's totally possible to have an anxiety attack or feel depressed or to go into a social, a social situation when you have social anxiety, that's totally possible to recognize those feelings and those emotions and to say, I appreciate you. You know, I, I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to protect me and that's okay. I appreciate that, but I'm going to do this because it's a part of my value. I value connection with other people and I want to go and you go, even though you feel these strong emotions, it's totally possible. And the more you practice it through these mindfulness exercises and these exercises in act, the better you'll be at doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it takes a lot of practice to do these things and to, um, it's it's really a skill. It, it's a it's a like something you could put on a resume. You know, it's just like any other skill or talent that you develop, like an instrument or playing a sport or learning any type of like uh, like technique. It's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some some practice and focusing on it. And so these exercises and there's so much more. If you do a Google search of cognitive diffusion exercises, there's PDFs, there's books, there's YouTube videos of bunch of stuff a lot of stuff and like metaphors exercises workbooks of things that you can do to detangle from your thoughts and to um, create space between you and your emotions and one of the last ones being one that i thought was super interesting um it's called the word repeat word repeating technique or the wort um wrt wrt uh it's basically repeating a word or phrase long enough for it to lose its meaning which i'll explain what that means and what it does but you basically choose a word. Let's say you're just a really anxious person and you are just ruminating about how anxious you are and you have these feelings of anxiety and for anyone who has anxiety knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's those, the icky feeling of just like impending doom and that for you, that's anxiety or for whatever word that feeling is to you, you pinpoint what that feeling is in word form and then you repeat it over and over again and it starts to lose its meaning it's like when you look at a word for a really long time and it starts to look weird like if you looked at the word yeah. like great or harry potter or any word and like anything really if you look at it for long enough it's going to start to look really weird and sound weird if you say it enough yeah like you say reese's like reese's reese's it's just reese's, it, reese's, reese's. yeah over time it's going to sound <laughs> weird and that's the whole point of this exercise if anxiety is a problem for you or depression is a problem for you you just repeat the word over and over again. And so the the specific exercise is to choose the word that you feel like is the representation of your problem or like a phrase, like I'm so stupid. Like if that's what you keep telling yourself over and over again, and that's what's going through your brain, or I'm so fat, or I'm so pointless, or I'm so worthless, or I have no meaning, whatever it is, like you know what your phrase is if you're listening to this or your word and you repeat it once every second or you say the phrase and then you have a one second space in between it for 30 seconds to a minute or for however long it takes. It's usually about a minute. That's what the research has found. And this is a research technique by uh, Stephen Hayes. He did a lot of research on this. That it's fa- It was found that if you repeat these words, they start to lose its meaning. And the point of 
the point of that and the helpful part of it is that as it starts to lose its meaning enough for you to diffuse from the, um, the thought for, I don't know, I'm going to restart there. Um, you'll start to notice that the word will start to lose its meaning. And as that happens, you'll get a little bit of space in between to take control of your thoughts again. I hope that made sense because I kind of stumbled over my yeah, words. Yeah. But as you do the exercise, the word or phrase will lose its meaning. And as that happens, you'll diffuse and create space from your thoughts. And then that will give you an opportunity to see what the problem, see the problem for what it truly is, see the monster across the way. And then that gives you an opportunity to drop the rope. It creates enough space for you to have an opportunity to make a choice to drop the rope. So that, that is a really good um, technique to allow for cognitive diffusion because it just, it makes, it helps the word lose its meaning. So if it's anxiety, you just repeat anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. And even as I'm saying it, it's starting to sound <laughs> weird. But that, then it loses its meaning. It gives you a little bit of space to recognize the problem for what it truly is. And then you can um, drop the rope and move forward with that problem by your side. And that's that's the that's the technique in, in its basic form, I guess. Yeah. It's like uh, the opposite of a positive affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, ne- I don't want to say a negative affirmation, but... You just say the negative thing, just like you would an affirmation, like, I'm strong, I'm strong. Or anxiety, I'm anxious, I'm I'm anxious, I'm anxious. And it starts to take away its power. Mm -hmm. And you start to, I guess, the opposite of a positive, positive affirmation, you start to not believe what you're telling yourself because you're just saying it over and over again. And it may sound stupid or just really weird. And... Like Austin was saying, it creates that space for you to say, okay, like I see this phrase or this word and I'm okay. And you move on. And when that word comes back and it starts to hound you again, then you start the process over again. And it's only a minute. So what can you lose from that? Yeah. And it it can be applied to so many different things too. Like if you have a panic disorder or you have a lot of anxiety attacks and you can kind of pinpoint the thing that's causing the anxiety, like let's say you have a really important test coming up and it's causing a panic disorder. You can repeat the word geology test, geology test, ge- like whatever it is. And it gives you a second to breathe and get some context and yeah. to um, see the problem for how it is, like how we've been saying. So I, I like the opposite of a, pos- of a positive affirmation. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's basically what it is. It helps you stop believing in the lies that your brain is telling you Yeah. and create that space that cognitive diffusion is meant to create. Exactly. So... We talked about acceptance, and I realized that we haven't really uh, talked at all about commitment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> so we there you talk go. about that too. I mean, we're not going to do another forty minutes of commitment here, mm-hmm. uh, just like we've had we've had on acceptance. But real quick, commitment in acceptance and commitment therapy is simply committing to work towards a goal or a value. I guess I should say. To work towards values that you have and work towards things that can help you overcome whatever it is you're struggling with. So if you have anxiety or let's say, you know, social anxiety, for instance, you accept that you have this social anxiety, okay? It's a part of you. And right now it doesn't seem like it's going away and that's fine. You can just bring it along with you and you commit to do something either that day, that week, even that month to take little baby steps 
and work towards these values you have if you have a value of connecting with other people. And I believe that I'd say most human beings value connection oh, yeah. with other people. And honestly, that could be over like video games, over Zoom, whatever. Connection go- comes in a lot of different ways. But if you have a, a value of connection, then make a commitment to work towards that value, to do something that involves interaction with other people, like going to the gym. That could be one. Put your headphones in, go to the gym, and be around people. And yeah, you may not have to talk to everyone like a lot of people do in the gym when they think it's jaw day, and they like to just sit there and talk instead of working out. You don't have to be that guy, and please, don't be that guy. (laughs) But just go there and you'll start to feel a sense of, okay, like I'm doing something that I actually value, which is connection. It, it can be in you know, something as small as that. You don't have to talk with people. Just being around them can really help in that way. And so that's kind of the basic of commitment. Yeah, it's, it's committing to act in accordance to your, value, to your values despite the negative feelings and emotions that you, um, that you experience on a day-to-day basis. And um, it's like the, the, the whole act can be described by its own acronym. Like, it's act, and so you're choosing to act in a way that brings meaning to your life and to act rather than be acted upon by all of these negative emotions and feelings that you, you that come your way because that, that is a, um, it's just a fact of life that you're going to feel things and experience things that just aren't fun. And rather than running from them or hiding from them or um, drinking to numb the pain or smoking to numb the pain or... Um, engaging in other inappropriate behaviors to numb the pain or numb the feeling towards it, that which is being acted upon, you choose to act in a committed way of chosen values. And that is, that's really acceptance and commitment therapy in a nutshell, is um, accepting your life and choosing to live despite the obstacles. That, that's how I would probably, um, I guess, summarize it in, the, in like one sentence. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. And it's a lot of it is kind of the opposite of what a lot of these different therapy modalities do. They tend to run towards the problem, right? And to like, oh, let's focus on this problem and get it out of the way. Fight, like engage in the war almost. Yeah, yeah. let's start pulling on that rope with that monster that we aren't going to win. So instead of going towards the problem, you just drop the rope, accept it as it is. Boom, there's the problem. Now I'm going to move on. Now, obviously, it's not as easy as that, but that's the the kind of basic premise of ACT, which is, I mean, it's there to help you do that, to help you simply drop the rope and to move on, and that takes practice. So you can see that ACT is very uh, heavy in mindfulness because suffering really does start in the mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, It starts in your head. And obviously there's you know, physical suffering. Like if I just got my arm chopped off, it, that, that's not just in my head. You know, it's physical that's suffering. True. But mental suffering, suffering, I would say the majority of suffering that you will experience in life is mental. And it all starts in your head. So if you can start to recognize your thoughts as just as they are, as thoughts then a lot of that suffering that will come from rumination of those thoughts will be taken away 
once you start to implement these practices mm -hmm. and get good at it, then you won't really suffer as much in life and you'll be able to go on living your value-based life, doing what you want to do and really being happy and having joy. Yeah, finding that true joy that we've talked about before, like in, in the part one of this is yeah. all creating that true joy rather than superficial happiness. Yeah. And that's what values are all about, what ACT is all about. So that's really there it. That's go. part two right there. Yeah, we could we could talk about ACT for <laughs> hours. Time. Like there's, these were what, just three simple exercises that you can do. And moving on with the Monday mindfulness and meditations, a lot of the practices that we'll do there will be from ACT. And so you can simply go to any of those episodes and listen to that. It's a little guided meditation or a little mindfulness exercise that you can do right there. They're like, you know, five minutes, if that. And they're really easy. Yeah, you can start to participate in that cognitive diffusion and to create separation between you and your un unwanted and unpleasant emotions. There you go. So I hope yeah. you all learned something new this episode. If you liked it, again, just please leave a rating and review. And on YouTube, you can leave a like, go ahead and hit subscribe, and there you have it. It helps with that a lot. And on Spotify, too, if you're listening on Spotify, I noticed today that there's a really easy way to leave a rating. It's like towards the top of the, um, I guess the episode, like towards like the picture, the profile picture for the podcast. There's, like a, there's just a star, and you just... You don't have to like write anything down. You just press the star. You put how many stars you think were five worth. Five star. I'd say five. <laughs> um, but you can put whatever you want because we'll take any feedback we can get. Really, um, though? Really, a bad review is better than no review because at least it gives us an idea of how we're doing. So take that a few seconds to do that. Leave a like. Even leave a comment on the YouTube video of telling something maybe you thought we were wrong about. Like, we, we'll take yeah. any... Any, any discussion, we'll respond to if you find something. And we'll talk about it in a, in a future episode. We'd we love to do that. We won't say your name, but... Yeah. I mean, unless you want us to. Yeah. For we'll, a shout-out. We'll work it out. Know. So um, just engage with the episode a little bit because it helps us out and we appreciate it. So and we appreciate you guys listening, as always. Yeah. And taking us out will be the one and only Danny D. And I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Talk to you next week. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy?